one of the lines I always say is, you know, people are used to an Amazon experience. You can't put them in a 1970s Kmart. So you have to figure out how do you actually drive that value so that people want to do business with you. So I'm happy to have uh, Nick Gerhard here today. He is the chief innovation officer at Homesteaders uh, Life Insurance Company and probably most well-known as the former Iowa Insurance Commissioner. And I think he's taken on some board seats recently with uh, Carpe Data and Surify as well. So certainly someone who is embedded in the insurance and the insurtech space. So welcome, Nick. Hey, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for joining. Um, so I think a lot of people know your background, but um, maybe just to get the ball rolling, you could tell us a little bit about your history. I know you have kind of an interesting educational background as well that um, play, plays into kind of how you got to where you are today. So uh, maybe you could just give us a little background to start. Yeah, you bet. You know, I uh, went to school to be a hospital administrator and then uh, somehow ended up in the insurance business. And as I told my wife, when we moved back to Des Moines, Iowa, uh, I said, you know, I'll be in the insurance industry for about a year or two because no normal person stays in it very long. And, uh, you know, 10 years later, I was the insurance commissioner in Iowa. So, um, you know, yeah, it's been a great uh, field to be in. But, uh, you know, when I was commissioner is really when I kind of took on the interest in innovation and things that are happening, you know, the emerging threats, if you will, of insured tech versus incumbents, Josh, and all those things. So for me, uh, you know, that's really when I went to Google, spent some time, got to know a lot of the founders. And uh, when I left office, uh, you know, got on Carpet Data's board and stayed in touch with people like Dustin Yoder, Surify, and, you know, I'm on those two boards, but I'm also an advisor to a couple other companies and invested in a few. So pretty dialed into the uh, kind of insured tech-based ecosystem. You know, 10 years out, if you were to be looking at who the leaders are in the industry, and I realize it's, you know, uh, there's a million niches in the industry, but, you know, do you think it's it's still going to be a lot of the carriers who are, are at the top of the heap today, or do you think there's going to be some different names there, and will that be because they are, you know, structurally different, or will it mostly be because they you know, solve the customer experience piece. And so regardless of how they're structured, they've just, you know, figured out how to kind of kind of win that piece. You know, I think 10 years from now, if I were to look at the PC tables, commercial tables or life and annuity tables, uh, or even health for that matter, I'm going to venture to say going on a limb, you know, seven, at least seven of the companies that are in the top 10 today probably still will be 10 years from now. Um, there, there probably will be a breakthrough to, um, and, and, you know, I think what we're going to see is some of these companies with extraordinary amounts of capital will start just acquiring these other people, um, you know, kind of like what Prudential did with Assurance IQ and other things. You know, you'll, I think you'll see some of that. And uh, before you see them lose their spot on the table ratings as top uh, 10 carriers. So, and, and, and I don't uh, underestimate the, 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 these carriers have a lot of smart people working in them and, uh, you know, it's pretty easy for you know insure tech startups to to bang on the incumbent firms and you know say things. I've heard them say all the things, but uh, you know at the end of the day, there's some really smart people running some of these companies, and and uh, you know they they know where they want to go to. So the question really is, you know, keeping you know their persistency, sort of you know how do they keep that book they've got, and then looking to strategies to grow, and and one of them might be just acquisition for sure. Can you elaborate any more on on kind of 
what elements are important to have in order to truly create an ecosystem where you know innovation can thrive and and some of these you know newer technology firms or you know innovative insure techs can thrive i think you know we'll never be silicon valley or even new york or even the research triangle right but but what we have here is a lot of insurance companies uh, that have a lot of capital and could be quite frankly robust customers for these firms that are starting up that was kind of the the thesis if you will and and so you know and there's a few other states that have the same sort of uh, recipe from that but uh other states have the Silicon Valleys of the world. And so, you know, you're trying to kind of compete for those opportunities and those startups and that capital. You know, we need to do a better job here of, of access to capital, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of the uh, investment firms that can cut a, you know, five, ten million dollar Series A check. But uh, but we've got a lot of the customers. And, and so you do see a lot of startups come through Des Moines. And we're going to have a global insurance symposium here in a few weeks. And we'll have a lot of startups here. We'll have a lot of uh, VC firms, a lot of insurance companies. And so, you know, we just try to create an environment where it's good to do business in. And, you know, the companies here that are headquartered and domiciled here are very open to these kind of new technologies and ideas. And so it's created a really good ecosystem. But I think about the insurance side of it, there's probably only a handful of states that have that kind of concentration of insurance companies in there. And so, so do you try to get sort of you know, commitments to invest in POCs from some of the carriers, you know, up front, or do you try to find out if they're interested in blockchain or they're interested in IoT or whatever it is, and 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 then sort of try to try to set up a pipeline of of uh, technologies and companies that 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 kind of meet their expectations. I mean, how do you shape that? I think that's kind of how the accelerator started. Was really about hey. Yeah. If you want to be a member of the Global Insurance Accelerator, there's a cost to be a member company. And then we really did sort of source what are the things you'd be looking for if you're a life company, if you're a health company, if you're a PC company. And we did try to steer the first few classes a little bit that way, probably. And now it's much more kind of open. We have InsureTech Week and we have a lot of folks that come through. And and now the the connections are very robust between different companies and the InsureTechs and you know, quite frankly, those that are interested have their own pipelines right now and or even their own funds, if you will, that they invest in. So it's really just sort of taken off on its own. But I would say we probably started in that world where it's like, okay, well, we want to bring in two uh, folks to accelerate that are focused on life solutions. And we want to bring two that are focused on IoT and connected home or whatever. And and we've moved away. Now it's much more around, okay, what, what are the founders and the stories that make the most sense and which ones are going to be successful, you know, cowbell a great cyber company that came out of the accelerator. They've done some large fundraising. Mean, so now it's really about looking for, you know, solutions that are going to move the entire industry forward too. And probably looking for specific solutions for some of the larger members that are part of the accelerator, but it's much more around, you know, a, a holistic approach around, okay, what, what are the companies that are going to be moving the needle forward for the whole industry? So, so to loop it back around a little bit to your, your chief innovation officer hat, you know, sometimes I've in, in what I do, sometimes I've seen people in those types of roles who, um, you know, do come out of strategy background. Sometimes they come out of more of a technology background. You know, they may have have worked at a, you know, strategy consulting firm and kind of assembled, a, you know, a set of tools in that environment. And then some may have more practical experience or, 
maybe just got pulled from a business line and and asked if they could work on a certain project in an area, and that that kind of became their became their stepping stone into innovation. Do 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 you think there's a you know, for people who are interested in innovation or maybe want to build a, a career in innovation, you know, do you see a particular path or is there a way you would advise them to approach it? You know, I think you got to be endlessly curious first off. So you have to really want to to know a lot of things about everything and then realize that in some respects, you're really an expert of nothing. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and, and, but but also, you know, like, for me, I spend hours looking at blockchain. I mean, I can go down a whole list and I've given speech on everything from all these different topics. But at the end of the day, you have to be really curious about a lot of things. And once you are, understand your business. So if you don't understand the business that you're in, you know, you're not really going to be very effective. So understand that, hey, you're an insurance company. Understand how the balance sheet works. Understand how the income statement works. Understand the basics of that. And then, you know, figure out, okay, what makes the most sense. I think the best thing a young person can do or anybody looking to get into it is, you know, just have that inquisitive, curious mind, read a lot of things. There's so many opportunities out there, podcasts, listen to things of that nature. Uh, but then it's like really, you know, just try out ideas. You know, I, I mentor a couple of young people that are in very large companies that, you know, have just gone to their bosses and boss's boss and said, hey, I've got this idea. And, okay, well, write it up. You know, don't be afraid to write up an idea. All, all they're going to say is no, or I'm not, you know, not interested. And so, you know, just take that risk. And, and part of it is just taking that risk. And there's some really sharp 25 30 year olds i know that are doing some really cool stuff and some huge companies you'd know by name and they did it they're doing it by just taking a risk and pushing things forward and and that's awesome i mean so there's no way one way to do it i mean you know i love consultants but most of them really you know don't know the business that well um and so i think at the end of the day uh you know being that subject matter expert that understands that business understand that company and then leveraging the consultants what they're good at that makes sense too so uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities for uh, young people to look at that, but there's really not one education background. There's really no, uh, there's really no way to, uh, yeah, there's no major in it. There's no, you know, it's, it's, and it's a lot of trial and error, you know, just uh, not being afraid to try some new things and realize, okay, that's not working and go back to Steve Jobs. You know, it's what you say no to that's probably going to matter the most for your success in the end. You know, I interviewed someone recently who said, well, you know, InsureTech's just another branch of FinTech and, you know, it's a little bit about the timing and, you know, similar things are going to happen within insurance. And then I've heard other people who come from the industry say, well, insurance is different. And so you have to think about things in a different way. I mean, obviously, there's a need to make sure that when people have claims, <laughs> you know, the money to pay those claims. So so that, that that that's sort of where everything starts. But, you know, would you say that insurance needs to approach it differently than other industries or or is that uh you know just people trying to sort of protect something and and, and sort of be the, the wizard behind the curtain you know and keep some magic hidden i think there's a little bit of both but there's also some truth that both i mean insurance is unique it's different you know it's not banking it's, it's not retail but yet you should take the best learnings you can because i always say kind of starts in retail, goes to banking, then hits the PC industry. That's if you follow this, that's really what's happened and then goes to health, life, et cetera. So, um, you know, from my perspective, it really is, it, it's unique and different because of different business, different, you know, you're, you're looking at managing risk, spreading risk, avoiding risk, you know, uh, paying claims, et cetera. But at the same time, people are only going to measure you against their last best experience. So if, if, I put you as if I put you as a customer through a torturous claim process when you can go to on Amazon buy now and have it shipped you know today or tomorrow 
Yeah, that that they don't understand that. That makes no sense to this customer. Like, well, why do I have to fill out this form? And now I got to do this form. And, and so you do have to look at, okay, um, you're not measured against other insurance companies anymore. You really are measured against their last best experience. And so, you know, you don't want to be their newest, worst experience, you know? So you really do have to step back and figure out ways that, uh, yeah, you can say you're different, but the consumers don't give a crap. They really just want to have interactions that are frictionless, seamless, and, you know, delight the customer, et cetera. So, yeah, if there's some differences, but they don't care. Customers don't understand that. They don't care. You know, you were talking a lot at different points in, in, in this discussion about the customer experience. So in your mind, you know, you're, you're at a carrier right now. I mean, does the carrier own the customer experience? Does the broker own the customer experience? Do you think that's going to change over time? I think we both do in many of our companies. Um, I would say certainly in you know the last 20 years, it's been solely in most companies, the broker's responsibility. Um, but I think most companies are trying to figure out how to get closer to that customer and, and be part of the journey, if not own the journey. Uh, I do think that's a, a major trend that's happening right now and realizing that, uh, you know, there's there's probably an opportunity for uh, different ways to, to distribute product and look at that customer more holistically. Um, you know, but the idea that, uh, you know, brokers control the customer entirely for most companies is going to be a challenge. I mean, you know, it's the innovator's dilemma that Christensen wrote about way back when. It's like it's really hard to go and uh, you know take off something that's working and, and try something new and um and so i think having a nuanced approach where you know yeah the, clearly your, your agents own that customer but but you know we do as well and so we can either partner together or try to take different paths for different consumers but uh, i think you're starting to see more and more companies understand whether it's a direct channel or whether it's an affinity channel or a partnership channel like, look, we're, we, we can't just be dependent on one channel. We have to look towards multiple channels of opportunities. And you might, and one of them, you might own the customer experience entirely. Another, you might not at all. And and, and maybe in one channel, your customer is the agent. And so then the other channels, you know, getting these folks the, through the door. And, and, and I think it'll probably be a nuanced hybrid approach, really not a, a wrong or right answer, but you really have to figure out what makes sense for the products you sell and distribution you have. All right. Great. Nick, I uh, appreciate having you on. And again, for everybody, it's Nick Gerhardt, and he's Chief Innovation Officer at Homesteaders Life Company. And really great to have you on. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Thank you.